busy with Ephesians. We're going to do chapter 5 today. I'm going to read a few different verses in chapter 5. We're speaking about glorious. God's heart is for his church to be glorious. I'm going to read, the, I'm going to read different uh, translations of scriptures. I'm going to read Ephesians 5, 25 to 27 in the message first, just as the context. It says, Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives. All the ladies say, Amen. Yes. Go all out in your love for your wives exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving, not getting. And I shared about that last week. It's about God wants us to be in a place of giving and sharing and serving with no strings attached. We love our spouses, our children, the people in church, the people in our lives. We love them with no strings attached. I'm going to give to you and keep giving to you. I'm not expecting anything back. Whatever I get back is a bonus. You see, then, then you, that's real love. There's no, there's no manipulation. There's no control. There's no like, I'm going to love you, but you better. You owe me. You owe me. You know, so the Lord is speaking here. He's saying, love extravagantly. Love in a way with no strings attached. So it says, Christ, a love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. His love. But I believe it's the love of Christ through us as well that makes the church whole. The love of Christ makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty, his bride, his church. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her. Dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her. That's how Jesus lives. That's how God operates. Everything he does is to encourage, is to strengthen, is to heal, is to restore. What if we would live in the same way? What if we would live towards one another in such a way? And so I shared with you over the last few weeks, imagine this, God the Father comes to you and he takes you up to, onto a hilltop. And he says, my boy, my girl, look at all of this. All, everything up to that mountain, it's your property. All the way to the river there, it's yours. All the way, as far as you can see, that this is your land. This is your promised land. This is what I've, I'm, I've, I've given it to you. And we think, awesome. Everything is awesome. This is awesome. So we think, Yes. How does the rest of it go? Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. That's like a lovely church slogan. eh? That must be like an anthem song or something. But it's awesome to be part of something. Beautiful. And so he says, this is all yours. And so the first week I shared, so you go down to your first field. You think, yes, it's mine. You meet this giant and you have the scare of your life. And you run back up to the top of the hill and you don't actually take your land because this is scary. But God has called you to overcome that giant. How? Not look at the giant, but to look at the greatness of God. You look over his shoulder, you see the greatness of God and squish. The devil is a defeated foe. He's disarmed. It's just the lies that he sells us that gives him power. But he's been disarmed. So giants. And then last week I shared with you that Another way of taking our land, taking our promised land, is, is when we love people that are not on our radar. 
when we love the people that we would deem as not so awesome, not so cool, not so powerful, not so, you know, just the nobodies in terms of our radar. When we start, Jesus is waiting for us amongst the least of these. He's waiting for us amongst those who are, who are ignored and overlooked. Ignored and overlooked. He's waiting for us. He's saying, come, if you, if, you, if you love those people, I'm waiting for you there. You're going to get a fresh revelation of who I am. You're going to see me. You're going to see Christ. And isn't that what we want? We want to see Jesus. We want to meet with him. And now today I want to share with you, I want to ask this question. And I feel God is asking us this question. Can you handle my glory? Do we have the capacity... Do we have the character to handle the glory of God? Do we have the capacity to, when the favor of God comes upon our lives, when the Lord blesses us, when the Lord promotes us, when the Lord moves us into possessing our land? You see, when God calls you to possess your land, you get attention. That's just how it works. People start thinking, you are special, you are awesome. It's not you, it's his glory on you. But can you handle it when his glory is on you? It's like I've shared, when we were in Argentina now, you, you feel absolutely invincible. Everything works. Everybody you pray for, get healed, get delivered. It seems everybody gets, <laughs> encounters God. And then there's this, 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 this temptation to start feeling it's you. And if our character isn't in place, it's going to blow up. At some stage, it's going to blow up. Either you're going to fade away or it's going to blow up. If you find yourself in a position of leadership without the right character, it's going to blow up. If you find yourself not in leadership but just not the right character, you're just going to fade away. You're going to fall away. That's how it's going to work. And so you, on that hill... With a father, and he's saying, My son, my daughter, everything, this is yours. I've lavished this upon you, as Ephesians 1 verse 3 speaks. I've lavished this upon you, it's yours, given to you, because I love you so much. So, how, how, how do you know? It's like he's saying now, the father's saying, Okay, well, I, 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 my destination, my next destination for you is over there. So, you see, it's like, it's like two fields over there. It's like that big rock, yeah, that, that's not too far. And she's saying, well, okay, let's do this. Let's go. And the Lord says, no, not that way. No, no, but that's the shortest way. That's just straight line as the crow flies. I can be there within a few days. The Lord says, uh, no, I've, I've not, that's not the way. You see, I first want to take you uh, through that valley. Then I want to take you through that crocodile-infested uh, 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 river. Then I want to take you over that seriously, seriously high mountain. And then I want to take you down through that and through that and around that corner and then there and then there and then you will get there. And you're thinking, God, this doesn't make sense. You know, crow flies, you know, boom, straight. Let's do this. You see, but if you go straight, you're not going to get the character that you will need to keep you when you get there. And it will either blow up or you will fade away because you will just not know how to handle this. 
And I think Jesus is one of the best examples of this. He, he's 30 years old. He gets baptized. The heavenlies open. The power, the presence of God, the Spirit of God descends upon him like a dove. The Father, a voice from heaven says, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. How would we respond? Ah, oh, come on. Woo, yeah, 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 you've heard it. God is with me. I have his spirit. I have his public affirmation. Let's do ministry. Let's change the world. Uh, no. The spirit leads him into the wilderness to be tempted for 40 days. He fasts for 40 days. He's tempted for 40 days. The devil comes to him and he tempts him in three areas. Turn the, turn the rocks into, 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 into bread. So he's lust. Or jump off the temple and everybody's going to worship you. They're going to know you're God. Or you've come, Jesus, I know you've come. The devil says to him, Jesus, I know you've come for, for all of these kingdoms, all the nations of the world. It's mine. I can give it to you. Worship me. Jesus, if you worship me now, no pain, no suffering, no persecution. Everything you've come for, it's yours. Just, just fall on, on your knees, worship me. I mean, this is what you've come for. Jesus says, get away from me, Satan. I will worship the Lord my God only. You see, there was a shortcut. There was an option to not experience pain. There was an option to sidestep persecution and pain and suffering. It, there was an option. Jesus didn't take it. He took God the Father's road, God's way. And I believe it is our example for the same road that God wants us to walk. You see, in, it's, God is good. And yes, He wants to bless us. He wants to, he wants to, I mean, He wants to shower us with all His riches and heavenly riches and, and amazing things. He wants to bless us with relationships that work and He wants to give us more of Himself. He wants to, He wants to do, he wants to bless us more than you can imagine. But you see, those blessings will destroy us and corrupt us if we don't walk His road. And I mean, my wife and I, we've been through a really challenging 40 days. And, um, and I, I'm now looking back, I'm realizing, I, I know this, God's going to use this. I know every challenge, every time of suffering, every trial, every temptation, if I'm willing to keep on this road, this God-given road, I will achieve the character that will keep me when the, the fullness of God comes upon us, upon me, upon whatever God wants to do. We must choose His way. We must choose His way. Otherwise, you will either fade away or it will blow up at some stage. And I felt the Lord speak this to my heart. My priority is not your comfort. My priority is my glory. And I don't think you should always be in a trial and a challenge and a storm. But when you go through a storm, just realize God is not so interested about your comfort. It's not really about our comfort because Jesus is waiting for us outside of our comfort. In your comfort, God isn't there. 
He's waiting for you outside your comfort. We see it over and over again. Every time you step out in faith, every time you go in obedience to God, you meet with him in a greater measure than ever before. He's waiting for you outside of your comfort. Let's say it, outside of my comfort zone. He's there. He's there. Why is the church in the Western world so weak, so powerless? Because we've created a culture that is all about comfort. We've created a Christian culture that is focused on comfort. If I can just have my comfort. Well, if I read the scriptures, it never was about comfort. Jesus didn't come to have comfort. He came to die on the cross. He came to lay down his life. And then he says, my boys, my friends, my brothers, my disciples, do the same. And it's not a dreary, oh, every life is terrible. It's an awesome Awesome joy. It's an awesome privilege when we go through the storms. But you must go through them. If you don't, if you don't go through the storms, it's going gonna, it's gonna to blow up at some stage. We all know of people, leaders, husbands, fathers, mothers who've made the wrong decisions, immoral decisions, and the, and the damage, the destruction that flows forth from it. Let's rise up. Let's be more. Can we carry his glory? Can we carry his glory? If we try to achieve the God mission, yet without going through the God process, it's going to blow up. And I realize, you know, I want to speak, I'm speaking this morning about carrying his glory, but also being people of light. And I, I realize that the glory of God can only manifest through broken people. If your body was like a, a, a vessel, it, it, and the light is on the inside. It's like a a, a water holding pot. You know, it, it needs to be broken for the light to to shine through. And uh, I'm so proud of um, Nopi and 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 Lorraine. I don't know if you, most of you probably know by now. It's uh, people that are with us. Nopi is a farmer here in, in Dordrecht, and uh, Lorraine is a is a medical doctor here in town. Um, he's, been, he's been accused by uh, a neighboring farmer of stealing his, uh, his cattle. And this is like a family friend of theirs. And the guy was, he set him up, set up people to witness against him. And uh, it went sour. End of last year, he was found guilty. They said maybe up to five years of jail. On Thursday was the sentencing, and they gave him 15 years. 15 years. And uh, so they are obviously appealing um, the, the situation. And so he, he actually, I mean, for those who know Nopi, he is one of the kindest, most gentle people you'd ever meet. So on Thursday afternoon, I was so upset. You know, because we've been supporting him via WhatsApp. We've got a little WhatsApp group with him. And we've been encouraging him and saying, Nopi, God's going to come through for you. God is faithful. God is greater. God is bigger. You're going to make it. He SMS me in the, while he's in the trial, he's saying they're even trying to oppose him appealing the outcome. And I was so upset on Thursday afternoon. I was like, because I, I mean, they, they, they cuffed him. To, I spoke to him the next day. They cuffed him, took him away. He was cuffed to another criminal. He was taken to jail. He luckily got his own cell for the night when he asked. He speaks Corsa, so he spoke to some of the guys, asked if he could get his own cell and they gave it to him. Next day, he got bail. He's out. He's in, now we're fighting for the appeal. Um, 
But the amazing thing is, and this is what's beautiful. Nopi says since he was found guilty end of last year, he has been so free. He says things that have been haunting him for years, no longer haunting him. No longer bugging him, he just feels free. And he says on Friday, I spoke to him on Friday afternoon, evening, and he said to me, he, f- he feels so convicted, this farmer, the guy who sat in court and laughed at him when the sentence was given, the guy who's been mocking them and psyching up everybody against them, all their friends and people in the, in the community. He says, nope, he says, I feel so convicted because the other day I met him and I was ugly with him, with his farmer. And he says, the Lord's convicting me that I need to phone him and apologize to him. And I said, Nopi, do it. Do it. This is God. This is God. You do it. Whatever the Lord lays in your heart, you do it. So he phoned the farmer Friday evening and he told him, um, I am so sorry for being ugly with you the other night. And uh, I also want to say I forgive you for what you're doing to us. And he says he put the phone down, and they spoke a little bit, put the phone down, and then he, he said he felt so free. That is victory. We don't know the outcome, but we do know the outcome. That is victory. The moment you choose to forgive someone who's doing this to you and to your family, and all the financial implications and the shame and in the newspapers, and everybody's saying, you're a thief, you're a thief, you're a thief. But in the midst of that, Nopi's getting a fresh revelation of who Jesus is and what he went through when he went to the cross. Innocent. Innocent. You see, so when you're going through your storm, just ask, okay, God, show me you. You get a fresh revelation of who he is. And in the midst of the storm, you say, okay, God, I'm going to embrace this process. Build into me the character, the godly character that can carry your glory one day for your glory is coming. Nopi's qualifying for the glory of God. I believe God's going to use him. So he's, he has a heart for this whole, that whole region. He wants to start a business that's going to impact the Transkai and areas he wants to, for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is his heart. That is the word over his life, to impact many people for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So what's happening now? Where's God? God's working. Is it of him? Probably not. Is he going to use it? Absolutely. So what's your excuse for not forgiving someone? I don't know if anybody's ever done anything as badly to me as what they've done to Nopi. What's your excuse for not forgiving? What's your excuse for being bitter? What's your excuse for giving up? I think it's a bad excuse. Our God is greater. You can rise up from above it. You can forgive. You can break out of bitterness. You can be free. We can break out of our spiritual passivity and rise up and be the light of God in this community. We can. You can. Lives are depending upon us rising up, standing up. Becoming men and women of character, being different, walking God's road even when it's uncomfortable and it doesn't make sense. So I'm saying, okay, God, I wanna I wanna be, I wanna be that man. I wanna be someone that you can trust with your glory, it's not gonna blow up. Because it's about loving people. When it blows up, people get hurt. Hallelujah. Broken people going through your storm. 
The glory will shine through. I believe we're going to see an incredible testimony coming forth from this thing with Nopi. I believe, I trust him, and we're, gonna, we're declaring a church-wide fast the, the few days just before um, he's, he's a, uh, um, when he's asking for a, to, to appeal. But I believe they're going to win that, and I believe he's going to win it in the end. This is just absolutely crazy. I mean, the original dockets disappeared. The original testimonies, because everybody was, the witnesses were confusing, and, and the original things disappeared. It's, it's really crazy. It's supposed to be thrown out of court, and <laughs> it's not yet. Amen. Come on. Our God is greater. Our God is greater. Let's stand with Him. Ephesians five fifteen to 16. Look carefully then how you walk. Look carefully how you walk. Live purposefully and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and witless, but as wise. Sensible, intelligent people, making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. The Apostle Paul saying the days are evil, so you need to be careful how you walk. Or the cross winds, the, the, there's, you see there's a, there's a wind of corruption, the spirit of this world. Its purpose is to blow us off track. Its purpose is to corrupt us on the inside. Its purpose is to get us off God's way into the world's way. The days are evil. So we need to focus. We need to live differently. How do we counteract the process of corruption? Ephesians 5 verse 1 to 2, the Passion Translation says, Follow God. Follow Him, His way. And imitate all He does in everything you do. For then you will represent your Father as His beloved sons and daughters. Follow Him. Do as He does. Forgive. Love your enemies. Be different. For you will represent your father as his beloved sons and daughters. And continue to walk surrendered to the extravagant love of Christ. For he, for he surrendered his life as a sacrifice for us. His great love for us was pleasing to God like an aroma of adoration. A sweet healing fragrance in heaven and earth. So Jesus set the standard. Extravagant love. Following the way of the father even through the cross. Even when it was painful. Even when it didn't make sense, God's going to sometimes lead you on a path that is painful. God is sometimes going to lead you on a path that you will be confronted with the pain of other people. And then you have to make a decision. Am I going to run away from the pain because I don't like pain? Or am I going to be there and weep with those who are weeping? Hurt with those who are hurting? Let's embrace it. Let's embrace the process. As I said, it's only sometimes. It's not like the whole time. It's just, there are times. Okay, so three areas, four areas of corruption, three areas of corruption. Ephesians 5, verse 3 to 4 in the, in the Passion Translation. So we're speaking about, okay, how can we counteract the process of, of corruption? And how can we build in the character to walk in a way that will bring glory to Christ? Okay, verse 3, it says, this love... Has nothing to do, say it, nothing. Nothing, it's nothing to do with sexual immorality, lust, or greed. For you are his holy ones. Let's say it, I am holy. And let no one be able to accuse you of them in any form. Guard your speech. Forsake obscenities and worthless insults. These are nonsensical words that bring disgrace and are unnecessary. Instead, let worship fill your heart and spill out into your words. You remind each other of God's 
goodness. Love has nothing to do with these things. Why? Because love is about giving, blessing, serving, building others up. While sexual immorality destroys. Okay, so what would be the shortcut? Let's look at a few shortcuts. Sexual immorality. You meet the girl or the guy of your dreams. You think, we're going to get married. Awesome. We're going to get married in any case. So let's have sex. Why wait? Well, you don't have to wait. Maybe you'll make it. Maybe the relationship will make it. I don't know. But at the very least, by giving in, into short-term grat- sexual gratification, you are beginning a trend in your life. You're planting seeds in your life that will possibly germinate. Maybe 10 years from now, you'll find yourself in bed with another woman who's not your wife. Because you've sown those seeds of corruption. So again, I'm talking about someone who says, I want the glory of God. I want the presence of God in my life. I don't want to fade away or blow up. How should I live? I should value this lady with all my heart, guys. I should honor her. I should respect her. I should be able to communicate to her. You can trust me even when we are, when we are alone. I'm not going to step over boundaries. I'm not going to use you. I'm not going to abuse you because love doesn't do that. I'm a man of integrity. It begins there. And some of us may say, you know, especially the guys maybe, you know, it's really tough to be single, you know. Or some of the married men, yeah, my wife's not really giving it to me, you know, so uh, I have no no option, you know. I I need to do porn, you know, it's the only way, you know. I need to, you know, just do it, you know. It's really, it was really tough. If you know how tough it is in our marriage or if you know how tough it is to be a single guy, you know, I I just need to, um, this is just how it is. But you know that when you're doing that, you're stepping into darkness. When you're doing that, you're building, you're you're planting seeds of infidelity that will take you apart someday in the future. It's the same with anything else. Movies we watch, things that affect us, that influence us, it plants seeds. It plants seeds. If we read, we've spoken about those books and the, what is that other movie? Fifty Shades of Grey. Hallelujah. Come on, I haven't spoken about that in six months. We should speak about it again. <laughs> but when you watch it, you, you are embracing a philosophy. You're embracing a spirit of infidelity. And you're planting it in your heart. And it's going to blow up or you're going to fade away at some stage. Let's be different. Let's be blameless. How do you deal with it? What, what is the effect of these things on community? You see, when you and I commit sexual sins, it influences us. It influences our hearts toward our brothers and sisters. It influences our hearts toward God the Father. We disconnect from God, and then we disconnect from one another. We commit things, we come to church, and we feel guilty and, and condemned, and we disconnect. It's not because we don't love you. It's just because you feel condemned. It disconnects you. It's the quickest way to, to being disconnected, sexual sin. Lust. There are many different ways of that lust can manifest. Let's be different. Let's be ruthless with these things. God's way, wait till marriage. God's way is, let's deal with it. You know, when we compromise in small areas of our lives. You see, no one sees, I don't know what's happening in your heart. Only you know what's happening in your heart. On the outside, you might look good. Yes, Jesus, hands in the air. Come on, yeah. 
But you know what's happening last night in front of the computer. You know what you've been doing this week. You know what you've been thinking and meditating upon while you were alone. You know what channels you were flipping to on the TV. You know. And you need to take responsibility for it. I can't take responsibility for you. You need to take responsibility, even as I have taken responsibility for my heart. And I have decided, I have chosen, I will be ruthless with any darkness, any lies, any ungodliness. I will bring it to the light. I will speak to someone. I will bring it into the light as soon as possible. I'm going to deal with it ASAP. And you? Are you? Are you ruthless? Are you desperate for his glory? Are you desperate to know him? Otherwise, he will disconnect you. He loves you. He's not called you to be bound by sin. He loves you. He's not called you to be bound by these things. Amen. Yeah, we're preaching you quiet today. Sorry, guys. We have to do this every now and again. eh? We have to go here. It's in the scriptures. It's in the scriptures. Next one. Greed. The shortcut, the temptation, is to hold on to more than we really should. That's the the temptation. You could say, well, I'm sure they have enough money in church. My little bit won't make a difference. Can't give a tenth of my income. What about my retirement? Just making it this month. He's just asking too much. And so we withhold because of fear. We withhold because of greed. And the result is our hearts become corrupted. If you hold on to too much, there's corruption that happens in the heart. Greed leads to division. Generosity leads to unity. In your own heart and then in a community. The original church in the book of Acts, they actually gave 100%. All they had, everything for one another. And that community was so powerful that it transformed that city and then the nations of the world. Now I'm not saying give everything. I know God owns everything. What I'm trying to say is there's a generosity that's beyond 1% or 50 rand every month or two or even 10%. There's a generosity that says, I'm not in it for earthly stuff. I'm in it for heavenly glory. I want him. Because if I'm unfaithful with a thousand rand, how can God trust you with a million or 10 million? And so that's why Sonic and I, I've, I've, since we've come to East London, I've always believed that what's happening here is significant. I believe that the calling upon our lives is significant, as with many of us here. But you need to make quality decisions before the glory comes. How are you going to live? How are you going to live? Because when the glory comes, the temptations will come with it. Have you made up your mind? No, don't do that. No, don't do that. No, don't live like that. No, no. This is God's way. Have you made those decisions? Have you made those, those quality decisions? It's important. So give, give. Set your heart free. Give to the church, best investment ever. Give to those in need. Be generous. Bless one another. We already have an amazing, generous culture here. Awesome. Okay, so I'm preaching to the person sitting next to you, not to you. So you okay. And then speech. Guard your speech. Our speech betrays so much about what is going on in our hearts. I pick up so quickly what's going on in my heart by what I say. Do you? It's amazing. You start saying something, you realize, whoa, is that in my heart? 
And our speech can either unite us or it can divide us. Our speech can either build people up or it can break people down. It can, I can build up my wife or I can break her down. I can build up the people in church or I can break them down. Unguarded speech is when you speak to other people about other people. You speak to someone about somebody else instead of speaking to them directly. I still want to encourage you. Even as people have been speaking to me over the last three, four weeks, just saying, this is how I feel about this or about this or about this. There's freedom. There's freedom when you walk in the light. So walk in the light. Guard your speech. Guard your speech. Corrupted speech reveals a corrupted heart. Corrupted speech reveals a corrupted heart. Negativity speaks, it reveals a corrupted heart. Someone said, uh, stay away from negative people because they find a problem for every solution. It's true. Stay away from negative people. They find a problem for every solution. Okay. Almost finished. Last, second last verse. Uh, I'm going to jump to the next one. Ephesians 5, verse 8 to 10. Walking in the light. And this is my, my heart's cry. As I said, only you know what's going on in your heart. Only you know when you begin to disconnect from your spouse, from your friends, from church, from people that you love. Only you know. And so you need to... We need to walk in the light. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. You are no longer, if you've given your life to Jesus, you're no longer in darkness. You are light from the Lord. So live as people of light. Live as people of light. Be desperate to walk in the light. Be desperate to be free. Be desperate to say to someone, man, I'm, 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 this, I'm getting these thoughts in my head. It's telling me I'm useless. I'm, 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 I, God can't do anything through me. It was amazing. It was our boy Vian, um, about a month ago, he had his first time that he actually heard the voice of God. And he was just weeping as he told Sonica that Jesus spoke to him. He's six years old. And uh, on Thursday night, he came to Sonica and he said he's, he was upset, upset about something. And he said he's... He doesn't want to tell her. doesn't want to tell her. And, uh, and a few minutes later, he told her, and he told Sonica that he feels that this, what he's hearing, is not God, and he's making it up. And so Sonica told him, well, sometimes the devil comes to you, and he makes you feel certain things that you're not hearing. It's not him. It's not God. So he took out the lot, and they gave the devil a beating. Gevon Paxla. The next evening, and they've been doing it in children's church, they encourage the kids to lie on the ground and close their eyes and to allow the Lord to speak to them. Jesus, uh, they allow Jesus to speak to them. So Vian on Friday night went to his room. He lay on his bed. He closed his eyes, and he was just wanting to hear from Jesus. And then he says he saw a, a, a yellow light entering his room, and he at first had a bit of a scare, and then he saw Jesus coming out of that light, and then Jesus showing him amazing things, telling him, I will always be with you, revealing to him something about heaven, showing him the new earth that was full, of, the whole new earth was, the new heavens, new earth was just all gold because Jesus told him that it's not ready yet for everybody, so it's like closed, it's, 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 it's gated, you can't go there now. I don't know where he gets it. <laughs> but this is really sounds like Jesus. But the challenge was, even with a six-year-old, on Thursday night, 
The enemy came to him to shut him down in his communication with God. And the Lord said in Acts chapter 2, the Old Testament prophecy, My spirit will come upon all flesh, and they will have dreams, and they will have visions, and they will prophesy. You will hear his voice, and you will see him. And so even with Vian, six-year-old boy, the enemy came to shut him down. But he spoke to Sonica, he brought it into the light, and he said, Mommy, I feel I'm making it all up. And she could bring truth to the situation. And the next day he had this powerful encounter with Jesus. Live as people of light. Get it into the light. What are, you, what are the stuff in your head that's not of God? What are the lies? I'm, it's, it's amazing to me when I speak to people and I hear them. So you, you think that badly about yourself. I can't believe it. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. Yeah, that's good news. It's a lie. It's not true. You're not that useless. God can work powerfully through you. You can pray for the sick and they be healed. You can share the gospel message and people come to Christ. You can pray and he hears you. It's a lie that he doesn't hear you. It's a lie that he doesn't speak to you. Just trying to get through to someone. <laughs> Say amen. Amen. Come on, let's break out of our passivity. Let's break out of the lies that tells us, well, I've never encountered God, so I'm never going to. Well, a six-year-old child is encountering Jesus. You can too. Come on. It says, therefore, this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. That's the light within you. It produces only what is good. So carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Bring it to the light. And then the last verse, 1 John 1, 5 to 7 in the message, ending off with this. I so, want to, I so want to see every person in this place free. I so want you to realize who you are in him. I so desire you to be set free from every lie that's telling you, I can't pray in front of people. I have nothing to give. I have nothing to offer. I'm just not that good. It's a lie. You can pray in front of people. You can do incredible things. For he, his light is within you. Amen. Let me read that. This in essence, it's the message we heard from Christ and are passing on to you. God is light, pure light. There's not a trace of darkness in him. And he lives in you. If you've committed your life to Jesus, he lives in you. If we claim that we experience a shared life with him, if we say, well, I have fellowship with God, I'm a Christian, and continue to stumble around in the dark, we're obviously lying through our teeth. I love that. That's a nice translation. Lying through our teeth. In other words, if we live continuously still in the dark, we're lying that we're having fellowship with God. You can't have fellowship with God and still walk in darkness. It's not possible. But if we walk in the light, God himself being the light, we also experience a shared life with one another. As the sacrificed blood of Jesus, God's son, purges all our sin. There is something that happens in a family, a church family, when we walk humbly with our God. There's something that happens when you and I choose to bring things to the light. When we choose to say, well, I sinned. When we choose to take ownership of, uh, of the glory of God within us and say, well, I'm battling with this. It actually unites. It brings people together. And it sets people free. 
And every time I've seen people do this, you experience like the presence of God flooding into the building, flooding into the room. Every time I find people humble themselves, I'm battling with this, I'm going through this, I've done this. It's like the presence of God comes and he washes and he cleanses and he restores. Hallelujah. So, can you and I carry the glory of God? Do we have hidden secrets? A while ago, um, I'm not going to say where or what, but there was a person, and I've always been thinking, this, this person, this guy has so much potential. He has so much potential. Just he's never getting there, you know? And then the one night, Monday night, person phoned me and said, no, um, well, my wife caught me out. She found porn on my computer. And they've had many discussions around the topic, you know, because it's often ministered about in church. And so she would ask him, well, how are you doing in that area? No, fine, fine, fine. And he's been battling for years, years and years and years. Well, his life is turned around now. He's set free now. But it had to come to the light. I don't know about you, but I don't like hypocrisy. That's to put people off from church. Hypocrisy. So let it begin with us. Let's be different. Humble ourselves. Bring it into the light. If you, if you have hidden areas, you'll always be average. You'll always be average. And it might blow up or you might fade away. It's in your hands. I can't force you to do anything. It's in your hands. It's in your hands to say, I'm going to deal ruthlessly with areas of compromise in whatever area. Finances, sexuality, my words, dressing gossip, negativity, breaking people down, etc., etc., Let the conviction of Jesus Christ fall. (laughs) Because it sets free. Conviction sets free. Condemnation disconnects. Conviction sets you free. You are light in the Lord. You can overcome every and any possible challenge. Hallelujah.